Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? It's through the blood of Jesus that allows for our forgiveness of sins. The song talks to us about the great chasm. There is a great divide. I was witnessing to a man in Antonio, Texas, and there, I talked to him about this, and I've talked to others about it. There's a great divide. We try to do what we can. can. We try to, some try to do works. They try to say, I want to do those things that make me good enough to get over the chasm, to get over the great divide, to get over the Grand Canyon, as it were, and there's nothing that we can do to get ourselves to heaven. We can try and try, but it's the blood of Jesus applied to our hearts Because His blood was pure. He was sinless. And when that blood of Jesus is applied to our hearts and we walk in faith with Him, we can know that we can have heaven as our home and spend eternity with Him. We don't have to wish that we're good enough because we're not good enough in ourselves. We can know through the blood of Jesus, the Son of of God, that we can have forgiveness of our sins and spend eternity with Him. Praise His dear name. For our message today, let's turn to the book of Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be reading verses 9 through 13. The rest of the passage is interesting and adds some pretext and support for it. The scripture will be on the, the board, but I do encourage you to have a physical Bible if possible. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God add his blessing to the ring of his word. So as we go through this, we're going to, I'll have them, I'll ask you if we can leave the verse that we're looking at. We're going to be looking at the first verse, uh, verse 9, and it'll be up on the screen. So you can just focus up here uh, if need be. But it's chapter 6, verse 9, and I want to break this apart and do the, and gain, and we can gain some understanding here, so that when you hear this prayer or read this prayer, you can be thinking along these lines. It starts out, Our Father. Our Father. Our Father. Our Father is who imparts life and is committed to it, is what the meaning behind this is, would be. And it's with the potential of passing on likeness. Now, some of you may never have known your father. Some of you may not like your father. Some of you may have had a bad father experience. But I want you to think about this in terms of this father, when God the Father... This is in the biblical context of what is intended in Father. Think it along in those terms. You might have to disregard those things from the past, but think about Father, the one that gives life, the one that sustains, the one that wants to be there for you, 
all the best things about Father. But when we say our Father, we acknowledge that He is the one who sustains us. This is different than saying our Creator. It doesn't say our Creator. Jesus here tells them to pray this way. way. Jesus, God's only begotten Son, is praying, teaching them, our Father. We think of this sense of the spiritual father. You know, when someone gets together, I I hesitate when someone says, all God's children. Aren't we all God's children? Scripture doesn't seem to support that. We're all God's children. If we have the blood of Jesus applied and we're part of the family of God, then we're all God's children. Are we created? Did God create? Yes. But we're all God's children, a part of the family of God. If we had the blood of Jesus applied, and we have forgiveness of sins, and we are following Him. But this is this acknowledgement of our Father, our source of life. Our source of spiritual life, more particularly, I think, is intended. To acknowledge Him as our Father. Who art in heaven. Above all, above all. Just think if you're looking down on top of something and you're above it all. He is more powerful than it all. He can control and look, he sees it all. Maybe you went up in an airplane and been up and flown around and you look down and things look small. And everything kind of shrinks and gets smaller. God is above it all. It's nothing for him to... He's all-powerful. He can take care of it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name holy. Set apart to treat it as holy. To treat it as separate. It's something special. Now, to get a feeling for what this is meaning, think about that for each of you, it might be something different. So I'm going to try to give some examples to try to invoke that understanding or invoke that emotion. Because if we have the emotion, maybe it helps us to remember. And some things I might say, you might say, well, that's not special to me. It doesn't really matter. But So let's say you have a set of dishes. For some of us, you might say, who cares? But let's say you have a set of dishes, and there's that special set, that special piece that came from an ancestor. You guard it. You're careful with it. Or maybe it's the holiday dishes, or your best china, as they might say. Those you're careful with. You place them on the table. You don't... You just carefully place it on the table. You treat it special. A child, it's that certain blankie, right? You treat it special. And even though the child might not, but the parents are like, oh, it's special to them, so I'm going to treat it specially. But then later on, it becomes more special. You take care of it. You treat it with care. It's that special thing. It might be, for those that are married, it might be your wedding ring. If you go into the hospital or something, they want to take your, wet, your rings off. And for some, it might be your, your wedding, wedding band. And, and uh, when they 
when you get out of surgery, what's the first thing you want? You need to put your wedding band back on. It's special. Hallowed be your name. Is God so special to you that his name is hallowed? Special. You're careful on how you use it and how, where you place it. You know, in the Ten Commandments, it says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And you're like, what, what does that mean? Don't use it casually. Just toss it around. It's not unusual nowadays to hear people say God's name as though they can command it. You know, one of the things at that time, it says about having the name of a God in the Old Testament, if you could speak the name, you had power over it. But it says, don't take the Lord thy God's name in vain. It's not something to be handled casually. It should be hallowed. So, most in our English world, we would say, use the word God to mean God. But sometimes it gets tossed around in casual conversation. Not being hallowed to God, in a way, being disrespectful to God. Because it becomes the casual word. It's not lifted up, and you'll hear people say things like, they'll use the term Jesus Christ and not be referring to Jesus the Christ. They use it as a curse word. And we throw God in, the name of God, and we throw it in, in our conversations, when we're disgusted, or, oh, how did that happen? You, you crazy, and then we'll say, and then we'll take God's name in vain. It should be elevated. But we have to be careful that sometimes people use the term and they'll say God and we think that they're meaning our God. And they might not be meaning our God. I want to give you an example. I want you to be careful as you talk with different people when they say God. Some have different attributes for God. Some look at God differently. We think of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune Godhead. One God, three personalities. But when some get on stage, and they, politi politicians for many, many years have liked to throw around their, that they're a Christian or they're followers of God, but they don't all mean the same things when they say that. And we have to be careful when we judge people to say that they're following God, they just kind of toss around the relationship kind of casually too. But I, wanted you, I want to warn you a little bit. I heard a politician this week say, say the term that he and his wife are just following their faith in God. They're just, him and his wife are following their faith in God. It was Vivek Ramaswamy, but he's a Hindu. He wasn't following his faith in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's Brahman and other false gods. Is what he's following the faith in his God, not in the God. So be careful that you're not casual on how you use God's name 
but you're also not casual on how you hear God. Now in the Old Testament, you would hear in the Hebrew things like Yahweh. You might hear things like Elohim. You might hear the Hebrew names that were, they would say the God who, and the God who in its descriptions. But this reminds us that we should hallow God's name. That when we think of God and we talk about God, He shouldn't be part of casual, He should be part of casual conversations if we're giving Him due respect, but we should be not selling it down and using it as a curse word and disrespectfully. Thy kingdom come, your kingdom come. Your kingdom may the definition of a righteous kingdom. In today's world, we deal with governments that are that cheat, that are unfair, that have power struggles. But it says your kingdom come. We want a kingdom that is righteous. We want a kingdom that is pure. We want a kingdom that is holy. We want a kingdom that is fair, that is just. We want God's kingdom. May your kingdom come. It's a recognition that ours is not, but it's more so that his is. May your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. I want your will done. Jesus prayed, not thy will but mine, thine be done. I want your will done. So as we pray this prayer, may your will be done as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want your will. That acknowledges to us that we need to have, we want his will. You know, sometimes we have the concept of, well... I wonder what God would like me to do. Okay, now let me think about it. Do I want to do that? Or do I not want to do that? If he's your Lord of your life, then if God wants it, that's what I want. And we, must, we want to pray, God, help my will to conform to your will. Not my will, but thine be done. The scripture talks, if you pray anything in my will, not my will, but in God's will. So it's acknowledging I want God's will to be done in my life. It's not about my desires, my wishes, my hopes. But see, as I conform to God and I'm living in obedience to God, I take on the mind of Christ and then become the things that I want are the things that God wants. My will becomes conformed to Him. So it reminds us, not my will, but thine be done. Give us this day our daily bread. This day. I don't need to ask for tomorrow's portion. I just need today's portion. In the Old, the Old Testament, they talk about they had the manna. And the manna came. And they had enough for, it, for the day. Except for on the day before their Sabbath. They got two days worth, so they didn't have to work on Sabbath. Well, we could have a side question on, do you have a Sabbath today? Do you have a time where you allow things to rest and allow a focus on God? But that's another topic. Give us this day our daily bread. Don't worry about tomorrow, as you'd find in the Sermon on the Mount. 
take no thought for tomorrow and the evils thereof. You know, we worry about things. But we can trust God that he can give us our food today and enough to sustain us today like he gave the manna in the Old Testament. And we have enough. And if I can trust him for today's amount, guess what? When I get to tomorrow, he'll give me tomorrow's amount. And I don't have to worry so much about the future. The things that I can't control, I just leave that in God's hands. It's a hard thing to do. But give us this day our daily bread. Give me each day the bread that I need for today. And trusting for today's bread. More faith. More trust. But if we can do that, boy, it makes things easier. Take some of that worry out. Give us this day our daily bread. So it reminds them, reminds us what? Today. Today. Living today. Sometimes we can worry about tomorrow so much that we miss the moments of the day. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, forgive us of our, our sins and the bad that we've done. And forgive us of that as we forgive those that, who have, in other passages, those who have trespassed against us. Forgive us our, our debts as we forgive our debtors. And if we cheat ahead a little bit, it was kind of outside of the realm of the scripture. But if we cheat ahead in verse 14... And we'll go to verse 15. But if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You might want to be checking your grudges at the door. If you've got unforgiveness in your heart, you might want to get that taken care of. If you haven't forgiven somebody for something, you're still carrying around that thing. Yes, you might carry around the hurt, but you need to forgive. If we don't forgive those that trespass us against us, neither will our Heavenly Father forgive us. And lead us not into temptation. This one's a little bit challenging. Lead us not into temptation. We go, no, God doesn't tempt us. He tests us. He allows us to be tested. He allows us to be tempted. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And in the scripture it says, deliver us from the evil one. We basically pray, Lord, help us. Help us resist the devil. Lord, I don't... You know, we want the Lord to, to teach us and to help us and move us along, and there will be some testing, but we, we know that he's capable to protect us. And we're asking him, help us, protect us, lead us not into the test and the temptation. Keep us, keep us lead us in such a way so we keep ourselves out of the trouble that we can... You know, if I choose my path, I might lead myself too close to tempting things. Lord, 
lead us not that way. Lead us away from the things that I get tripped up from and deliver us from the evil one. If I'm headed towards that bar that you know I'm not supposed to go in, lead me away. Deliver us from the evil one. Help us to resist the devil. Scripture says if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now we say that really fast, but I want you to think about that. You know, here in Ohio, there's that concept of the Ohio State University. I believe there are other state universities. I can think of a few, at least one. But they want to be the Ohio State University. Well, there's other state universities. But this says for nine is the kingdom. There's no other kingdoms like him and what he has. There's nothing can even compare to even be, to call it a kingdom. For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. There's no other power comparable to God's power. There's nothing like it. There's nothing even close to it. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. In comparison to God, there's nothing. Nothing can compare in glory. Nothing can compare in power. And nothing, the power of his kingdom and the beauty of his kingdom, and the controls of his kingdom, and how things will all work together. There's just nothing like it. For thine is the power, thine is the kingdom, thine is the glory. And it's forever and ever. And that amen is in some places you can take it, make it so, or thus be it, or something like that. Or it also can be truly. So when we say the Lord's Prayer, In whatever version you've memorized, think on these things. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's be standing together. Our Father and our God, we do thank you for your word. And we thank you for this teaching. May we in our prayers and as we approach the throne of grace through the blood of Jesus, Come in all. Come in respect. May we not casually throw your name around in conversations, but hallowed your name. Oh, may your kingdom come. May we desire your will above all. Just as it is in heaven. May it be here on earth. And Lord, we pray to the Lord that we would trust you daily. Not so be so anxious about the future that we miss the moment.
Not so be so, so what's going to happen and and will I do this or miss that or do that or we miss the moments. Or just like sometimes we're so worried about catching the selfie that we miss the moment. Help us to rely on you daily. And Lord, help us in our choices. Guide us in our path that we would, that you would guide us away from the things that would get us in trouble. That you would protect us from the evil one. And may we recognize you are the all-powerful. You are the all-knowing. There's no one like you. Majesty. Worship your majesty. Help us to be renewed. Help us to be obedient, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.